Hello, we're back at another podcast. This is episode three. And today, me and my wife are going to be reading Hebrews 6, the whole chapter in its entirety. I'm going to read verses 1 through 10, and my wife is going to read 11 through 20. Basically, this uh, Hebrews 6 is about um, spiritual growth and maturing in Christ. And as we discuss it and go over it, we want to be able to read scriptures in its entirety. The one thing that I believe um, lacks in, in the church sometimes is only reading part of the scripture. And when people don't know what came before the previous scripture that they read or after it, then you don't get the full understanding of it in its entirety. So as we read scriptures, we will be reading the scriptures in its entirety or the chapter in its entirety, and then we will be discussing them and that's what the new testament lessons are about so on this lesson is basically about maturity or being mature christian and where we should be by now and so i'm going to let my husband go ahead and read hebrews 6 1 through 10. so let us stop going over the basic teachings about christ again and again let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who once were enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him to a public shame. When the ground soaks up falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it is God's blessings. But if the field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that we are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. And that is one through ten. Let's start with the first verse. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. I believe we've all been in this world long enough to know or to at least have um, done some research on who God is. Now we have access at the tip of our fingers um, if we really want to know anything. And so at this point, we should have a deeper understanding in Christ. We should not be going over those same things. And those same things um, that it's talking about or that it was um, relating to the teachings, the basics include the importance of faith the foolishness of trying to be saved by good deeds, the meaning of baptism and spiritual gifts, and the facts of resurrection and eternal life. We've already heard the story. We know how uh, Jesus came about. We know how he died. We shouldn't be going over the same stories over and over again, not getting anywhere past the story, not learning who we are in Christ, not developing um, our power and authority that he has given to us or even developing our gifts that he's given to us so after that it says let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding it's pretty much self-explanatory right there 
So I would say it gets straight to the point, and this is the application Bible, of course, um, just to speak plainly to the people that may not understand or uh, the King James Bible. Chris, do you have anything to say or what your thoughts are on that? It's pretty much self-explanatory. It's just really time to be mature in our understanding. I mean, we know that Christ died for our sins. We know that if we live accordingly, then we're going to make it to heaven. But it won't be by any work that we've done. It won't be by anything that we did ourselves. But it will simply be by the grace of God that we make it into heaven. It will be by our faith that we make it into heaven. It will be by the understanding that he is the great I am. And nothing else. Nothing else. It won't be anything we can do. It won't be anything we say. It won't be any of that that's going to get us into heaven. You have to really understand what the word is saying here. It's saying that it doesn't matter what you do. Only faith will get you into heaven. It doesn't matter what you say. Only faith is going to make it happen. It doesn't matter who you are, what ethnicity you are, what background you have, accolades you have, what money your family has. Nothing is going to matter when that day comes. He told us to stop preaching about the same thing over and over and over again. Because it's time out for all that. And those of you that have tasted God, those of you that had the Holy Spirit before, there isn't anything that we can do for you. You have to be willing to go back to God because you have done nailed him to the cross again and put him to open shame is what the Bible says. And really, it has to be personal with you and God in order for you to get back in his good graces. Because all in actuality... If you know of him, if you had the Holy Spirit, that means you know him. If you have been in that type of relationship with him and to turn and walk away, that is a hard thing for me to understand. Even though I do understand that it gets hard and 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 times are trying and everything, but it's hard for me to understand how you could turn away from God. Yes, things do happen. Yes, circumstances do arise. But there has to be a level of maturity in you that brings you back to God every time. Every time. Every time. I know even in my roughest situations, and I'm not going to say that I've been through everything, somebody that has walked away from God. I'm not saying that I've been through everything that they've been through, and not saying that what they went through was worse or what I went through was worse. But I'm simply saying is it takes a made-up mind in order to stay with God. It takes a made-up mind in order for him to hold your hand and, and walk you through the fire even as you're going through it. You have to have the mindset of, for God, I will. And I agree with that. And I believe it was verse 3 where it says, we will move forward to further understanding. I believe we have to get to a place where we don't forget about the basics, but we move forward with the basics so that we can understand what the word is saying. And if the things that we don't understand, God can um, reveal those things to us if we are in him. And so I just believe that it's very much self-explanatory. The word is self-much explanatory. And now, just like now we're reading the, the application Bible, you have so many versions of the Bible that if you don't understand one, there's one that you can find out there that you will understand that has certain things highlighted, that has the definitions, that has the context of what it meant with the commentary. So there's no reason that no one can't study the Bible for themselves. There's no reason, even if you don't have a church home, There's no reason that you cannot learn who God is and learn what it is that he wants from his people. 
and what it is that you can do to help someone else. There is instructions there. It, there is a manual there. And no, you may not get it all at one time. No, you might not be able to quote scriptures or remember scriptures in that way. But they're not for you to show off. They're not for you to gloat with or, or anything like that. They're there for you to grow and to, to spiritually grow so that and feed you. The word feeds you. And so I think that's basically what I want to say about that. But in verse 7, when it says, when the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. And I had wrote down some notes regarding that. And real seeds, which is the gospel given care by the farmer, which is God, and planted in a fertile field, which is your heart and life, will produce a bountiful crop, which is spiritual maturity. The weeds uh, is, of course, temptations threatened to overwhelm the crop. And if the field produces only weeds, then the seeds are lost and the field uh, ruined. An unproductive Christian's life falls under God's condemnation. And so we cannot be unproductive. We can't just sit in our gifts, sit in, in the word, don't share it with anyone, go about our day as if uh, our life is our own because it's not we are here because of him we grow because of him we breathe because of him we have our being because of him and as soon as we can understand that everything he has given us he has given us to be used for someone else and not for just ourselves and selfishly just keep everything bottled up in ourselves when somebody else can use it um that's when the bible says uh, we're overcomers by our testimony you know, we really have to really have to grasp the concept of the of the word. We really have to get past the very beginning because right now we're we're in a, a totally different time. And right now, if you're not walking in faith, are you even walking at all? Is the question I want to ask. And and we're gonna move on. I'm gonna have my wife to read um, verses 11 through 20. And it says. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. And it's going to take faith to endure. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain unto God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Um, as we as we elaborate on verses eleven through twenty, 
it is like it says um our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent instead you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit god's promise because of their faith and endurance and that's what it really takes it really takes faith and endurance like i said yes we're going to go through yes we're going to have to fight yes we're going yes we may endure struggles but we have to endure there is there is no victory without a fight there is no victory without a fight everything you do for god is going to take some perseverance it's going to take some endurance it's going to take faith you got to walk by faith without faith it is impossible to please god there's nothing we can do without it. Well, it says in verse 16, Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. You're accountable for what you promise to God. A lot of times we'll, and I know you've heard this before, we'll say, okay, God, if you do this for me, then I'll stop doing this, or I'll go to church, or I'll get saved, or I'll do whatever um, you promise God. You know, um, God cannot lie. And when you make an oath to him, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let whatever you say be honorable. Let Go to God with integrity and make sure that you know that that oath is binding. Because after that, it says, and without any question, that oath is binding. So make sure that whatever you promise God and whatever God promised you is binding. And it, it cannot be broken. That contract cannot be broken. So just make sure that, you know, God keeps his promises as well as you should keep yours to him. And if not, he'll deal with you accordingly. <laughs> but um, the book is, or the chapter six is very much self-explanatory. You, um, like I said, if you don't understand a particular Bible, please go out there and get one that simplifies it for you. What that breaks it down, that has commentary, that has definitions, that gives you the history of it. If you want to go deeper and if you really want to understand what you're reading, um, sometimes you may not understand things in a Bible study setting because not all of the time. It's not like you. they say, okay, we're going to go over John chapter 3 next week, and you go home and you read it, and then that way you're able to ask those questions as you come into Bible study. It's kind of just, oh, when you find out, you're going to find out what's being studied or what's um, what the what the Bible study is about according to what they say when they come in, which in which I think is kind of unfair, and I hope to um announce our lessons before we even come on here because i feel like it's it's like a disadvantage sometimes when um you don't even know what's going to be talked about or you know what questions you might have because you might read it at home and really have sincere questions about what you've read and then that way those questions can be answered versus somebody just telling you what they read and you should go home and read about it and it's, it doesn't work that way because I believe if you're really teaching disciples and disciples want to learn and grow I do believe that there should be a course there should be just as if you go to school they don't teach you in math class they don't teach you addition today subtraction tomorrow multiplication the next day if we're going to talk about faith talk about faith for a certain amount of time so that people can understand it. if you're going to talk about giving talk about giving for a certain amount of time and i know that's the way the traditional church has been ran and I'm, I'm not here bashing what the church has done or anything like that but i just found out myself through my own learning and my own growing what would have been better for me or what would have worked for me 
um, has certain things been done differently. And I'm quite sure that there's somebody else out there that's just like me that wish that, well, I would go, but you know, I'm not even going to go home and read it or I would, uh, listen to them but I don't even understand this book so I'm not even going to read it and so I just I just think there's tools out there there's um different bibles out there and then there's different teachers out there find you a teacher that can really break it down for you if you don't understand and I don't mean to get off the subject here but I just that was on my heart to say but um getting back to that we need to to basically go deeper in God. We need to understand God a little bit more. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to have to have structure. We're going to have to have some type of structure of, of new followers or new believers um, getting to know God in their own personal way, but also taking the time to teach them, taking the time for them to understand, taking the time to ask the questions that they may have. I hate to jump jump from Hebrews 6 today and then tomorrow we're in Genesis 1 and then, you, you know, the two don't relate or you don't even see the relation in them. So let's just, um, I pray that we just stay on top of what we're trying to um, accomplish here with new believers as well. Yes, but it boils down to it. This word today is strictly for those who who tend to step back who tend to keep doing the same things over and over and over expecting to get different results this is for those who think they want to do better but don't know how to do better you know it's time to change what we've been doing and now it's time to grow up and mature now it's time to come to christ in a new light even those who have sinned and fell away from god it's time to come back it's time to give him your all it's time it's time to to cut out all the foolery time to cut out all the short stops um, none of that is relevant in your walk with god in your walk with god you have to be consistent and you have to persevere through every trouble that comes your way it's it's not time to to lay down and give up because at the end of the day, when you get to the gate, you are the only one going to be, how would you say it? You are going to be there and you'll be judged by yourself. No one is going to be judged with you. You're going to be all alone and God's going to say, well done, or he's going to say, depart from me for I knew you not. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the person that he says, I knew you not. We have to come to the understanding that God is what we need. God is going to be there for us through thick and thin, ups and downs, rich or for poor. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. He's going to be there when no one else is. He's going to be there when everyone else walks away. He's going to be there when your job fires you. He's going to be there when you get a new job. He's going to be there whether you're homeless or you, or you got millions. He's going to be there. You know what I'm saying? He's just going to be there. There is never going to be a time that God isn't there. He will always be there for you. I think it's time for us to always be there with him and living in the moment that we're in. Absolutely. And I do think the biggest part of it all is you have to believe. I don't care what scripture we read you, what chapter we read you, what book we read you. If you do not believe, none of this is going to make sense and none of this is going to matter to you. You have to believe. Um, that Jesus is Lord. You have to believe that he is your savior. You have to believe that he died for you. You, know you have to believe. Says. And if you don't have belief, I believe we all talk about faith. Oh, you got to have faith. Oh, you can just pray about it. And we give all these instructions, but we don't take the time to really 
help somebody understand who God is because there are people out there that have really sincere questions about who is this God that you serve? I can't see him, so I can't believe in him. I can't see where he's worked in my life. I can't see where he came and saved me from this or that. I can't see what what his purpose is in my life. And when people have sincere questions and sincere doubts about God, you know, you just never know where somebody has been. Some people have never even been introduced to Christ. But at the same time, the word still uh, explains to us that we are still accountable for right and wrong because at a certain age, we know for right from wrong. So you still are going, you still got to go to judgment. You're still going to go to judgment regardless if you believe or not. And I just pray that you, you find a way to believe. And I pray that even if it's not us to, that'll be there to help you. I just pray that God sends someone to you that can, that can bring you to him. You know, and, um, you said something very powerful. You said, believe. Yes. And the Bible says, um, if, if any man come to God, he must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yes. We must diligently seek God throughout our lives. I understand if you're 50 now and if you've never been introduced to God, now is the time to be introduced to him. I understand if you're 35 and you still have doubts, you know, even though you've been to church in your youth. I understand all of those things because I grew up in the church, but I didn't grow up saved. You know, right. I've been down the road, <laughs> the wrong road. <laughs> I've been down the wrong road for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, so I've done things that uh, I know that I should not have done. I've said things that I know I should not have said. I've entertained a lot of things that should never have been entertained. But here, here, it is a time to come out of all of that. The Bible says, be ye separate. Come from among them and be ye separate. Not separated, but be ye separate. You have to know what you can deal with. You have to know what you can't deal with. And if you can't deal with people that smoke and you used to be a smoker and now you want to quit smoking and you still got friends that smokers, you know, you can't hang around them because you're going to want to smoke, you know. So you have to you have to be separate from them. Not to say that you don't have to talk to them anymore, but you have to know your strengths and you have to know your weaknesses and you have to stay away from your weaknesses because they will tempt you. They will tempt you. Trust me. Everybody, you know that knows you, that knows your past, that knows all about you, they will tempt you. They will come to you and be like, oh, man, you remember we used to do this? I know you could do this now, but you just have to have the will to say, no, I can't do that. You know, I've changed my life. This is a new me. This is a new leaf, a whole new page into the book that I turned in my life. Yeah, so I think the best place for us to start off at is talking about belief. Because that is the biggest part. That is the part that is going to get your prayers answered. That is the part that's going to get you healed. That's the part that's going to get you delivered. It's your belief. It's your faith. It is the thing that, that is your power, if I can say it like that. That is your power and your authority. So that is where we're going to start at as far as talking about on uh, New Testament le lessons or if we just do a Bible study and we we'll may even come on here and let you know where we're coming from or what book we're coming from just like I said earlier I believe that's a big part in people learning the Bible and, and learning who God too. is because if I mean for somebody to tell you okay now you go home and read it for yourself and that's why you should read it for yourself that's why we read the chapters in its entirety so that you get the full understanding whether we explain it or not you knew exactly what that was talking about 
And it's talking about we're, we're, we're not babies anymore. It's time to grow up. It's time to mature. It's time to grow in God. Either you're going to believe him or you're not. Either you're going to be saved or you're not. And there's no forcing you to do that, but letting you know that you have a choice and you're mature enough and you're adult enough to know which way you want to go. And then at the end of the day, you make that decision. But guess what? You're not going to deal with us. You're going to deal with God and whatever his decision is for your life. I can't say that you're going to hell. I can't say that he's not pleased with you because only he knows your heart. I cannot judge your heart. The only things I can judge, I can judge your actions. I can judge your words as far as it being true. Because if you said it, you said it. If you did it, you did it. And you are who you are. But I do know that we cannot change you. That's God's doing. That's his job. So we're not coming on here trying to do his job for him. We're going to allow him to do the job within you. But we're just going to give you some tools as tools were given to us when we were once there. And we still are there. We're still learning. We're still growing. And I promise you, nobody in this entire world has this whole Bible. Nobody knows this whole Bible. They may quote scriptures. They may even be able to tell you a whole story without looking at it. But the fact that we still read it every day, the fact that we still go to church, the fact that the church doors are even still open lets you know that we don't have it yet. We're still searching. We're still looking. We're still getting to know who God is and who the God in us is. And we'll never reach to the point where you know it all. I don't care how many times you've read the Bible. You'll never get there. I mean, you would never outgrow this word. Exactly. This road would, is, is, is endless. It's, it's timeless. It's a timeless piece that we would never outgrow, that we would never fully understand until he has come, until Jesus has come on the cloud. We would never understand this word fully until we see him again. So we're going to end it, but we are going to continue on the belief in the faith road. My wife will come on here one day this week and tell you exactly where we're going to be coming from. And we're going to continue teaching on the faith and on belief because that is where everything will happen at. You will get healed through faith. You will obtain whatever it is that you need through faith. God will pour out blessings through faith. God will do all these things through faith. And this is where we need to be at in this time. Even though we are in the end times, I know that they have said it for years. They have said it for hundreds and thousands of years that, oh, this is the end time. This is the end time. But this is really the end time. And we must be ready when he comes back. No rock will be left unturned. No rock. So we're going to end this. And I just want to end with Romans 10 and 9 where it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I don't believe that we should end this without giving people the opportunity um, to go to Romans chapter 10 verse 9 for themselves and find out in your heart if you really do believe the Lord, if you really believe Jesus died for us or for you and grow your own relationship with Jesus and he will show you who he is. He will show you. Y'all have a good night.